What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank show today. What is going on in this world? Man, a Detroit man, pees on a snack rack. And as my first sentence says... Has this world become bonkers or is this just more cameras installed in businesses and people with their cell phones taking videos? So now we find this pig. This guy goes into a gas station that has all the snacks. I think it was an Amico gas station in Detroit. He gets his credit card rejected, probably because he doesn't pay it, I assume. And... What does he do? He gets all upset and then just starts peeing on the rack of snacks and yelling at this guy. I, I wrote a piece about it. The video is in there. You can check it out at WBCKFM.com or WKMI.com or wherever you're listening to me on. Now, Detroit has become this Project Greenlight. Have you heard of this Project Greenlight? It started with like eight stores. And and again, this is, there are stories out there about this. And I just kind of went more in depth with it in this Project Greenlight, which is actually more interesting. On January 1st, 2016, the Detroit Police Department partnered with eight gas stations that installed real-time camera connections with police headquarters. And at the time, it was part of their groundbreaking crime-fighting partnership between local businesses and them. Now there's over 500 businesses, and I have a neat map, a link to a neat map you can check out anyway. So they're actually looking. Now, I don't know how they can look at 500 at one time, but they have real-time access to it. This guy even knew about it because he ended up saying, uh, what did he end up saying? He goes, quote, we on green light? End quote. As he was urinating and then uh, uh, mooned him on his way out. Picked up the snacks and other snacks he urinated on and, and then left. The reason I'm actually even bringing this up is because. Is it is it me? I, because of what I do, I just see so much of it that I am uh, thinking that there's just more insanity that's happening out there. I know there are people who starting to talk about this last two years and all that was done to, you know, the individual out there has kind of made some people or pushed them over the edge. I'm not saying that's in this case. I have no idea. I don't know if this guy was drunk, high, mentally challenged. It didn't look that looked like maybe drunk. But still to go to that. Next disgusting pig like behavior. Maybe it's just more of it out there because of what we have today. More access to it. More cameras. 
more videos, more pictures, and then the way the access on the Internet to put it out there. Also, if you want to talk about this, spoke quite in depth last hour on this piece, Michigan students facing educational neglect is a hidden problem, quote unquote. It was in the Detroit Free Press. And as I said last hour, when I first read the headline, I'm like, you're kidding me. They're going to talk about this educational neglect that's been happening in the Michigan schools, not just during the pandemic, even before that, when you have 58% of your kids who can't read at third grade level, that's educational neglect. There's something going on there. But I was wrong. It was... They found a family that is supposed to be homeschooling their kids, and they may not be. And that, they say, is educational neglect. Nothing their systemically problemed corporate public school system in Michigan. And I I don't want to seem like just picking on Michigan. It's probably prevalent throughout the country. There are some states better than other states. But... These people in Michigan want to talk about educational neglect, and I want to also. Let's open it up. But we have to open it up to everything. Homeschooling, the public school of choice issue, the the public schools, private schools, all of it. Let's just make a common definition of what is educational neglect. And I think that if more than 50% of your kids... Or, no, I would say if more than 20% of your kids can't read at grade level and you're graduating them, uh, that's educational neglect. I'll go with that. What do you guys go with? 269-441-9595. Let's go to Climax Michigan and Dale. Dale, thanks a lot for holding on. Appreciate that. Welcome. Thank thank you, sir. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, I think we need standardized testing. You know, I think that's the only way that we're going to determine whether public or private education is enhancing our kids' future. Well, we do give them standardized testing. It's just they do nothing about it when they find failure after failure year after year. They talk about it. They say we need more money. If you give us more money, we will teach these kids better is what they say. Yep. And at the same time, you know, you're 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 putting out the statistics about the uh, how low our students are achieving, and so in in public education that is, and so I would like to see standardized tests. I'd like to see the results. but we do give standardized tests, Dale. I mean, they're, they're trying to stop them because they're embarrassed of the educational neglect they brought on these kids, these public school kids over the last two years. I mean, we have the standardized test. That's the tests that are telling us that 58% of kids or whatever the number is, that's a number that Melanie gave, uh, gave out, but I know it's, it's high, are not reading at third grade level. I remember us all having a big discussion about this. Maybe it was last year. I can't remember where uh, the, there are people who actually think we should promote these kids who can't read to the next grade level because they think psychologically it's going to harm them to be held behind. Now, if you can't read... Or you can't read well enough. That is the basis of everything you do, of every class you're going to take, other than social justice or LGBTQ or, or, or critical race theory or whatever else they're doing. Then they'll just tell you 
They can just drill it into your mind. No, even then they'll give you reading materials, maybe. Uh, reading materials that they won't let you take to your parents and they'll tell you to be quiet, don't tell your parents. But there are people who think that we should move them uh, along. And I, I respectfully disagreed with them because if you can't read, then how do you do any of the other classes in the next year? So if you're, you can't read at three, third grade level, you get into fourth grade. And let's say you are working on reading a little bit better. You're still going to struggle with all those other classes would be my concern, Dale. But all right. Any last words? Yeah, I would say that uh, if if the private schools are doing better than the public schools in the standard testing, then there should be a government rebate or a refund, you know, for the failure of the federal state government education system. Okay, thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate that. 269-441. Nine five nine five lines are open if you would like to add to this conversation. Again, I will repeat. I'll rinse and repeat. This is all about, for me, it's all about the kids. They come first. And then the jobs and the political clout and the kickbacks to the politicians come after that. I think most people who will take the politics out of it would agree with me. Just ask yourself, if you want to talk about educational neglect, then why aren't you bringing in all these poor, poorly educated kids that come out of the corporate public school system? And I use the word corporate specifically because these school systems are run like corporations. What's the difference between these corporations, these school districts, and a corporation? Other than corporation make money for themselves, school districts are just given money. There's a hierarchy. There is a, 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 a product that they're supposed to be selling that we're buying, which is an education for our children. And in some case, it's, an, it's, a, it's a product that doesn't work. If you buy something from a, a store... And it doesn't work. Do you just say, well, well, I guess I got screwed. I'll have to pay him more next time for it. Or do you take it back for a refund and they'll say, why are you bringing this back? Because it doesn't work. I'm paying for something that doesn't work. And what do they do? As long as it's within the time frame, they give it back to you. They give you your money back. Dale was kind of going towards that. When he said about people getting their money back or something has to happen. Take a quick break. Come back on the other side. Take more of your phone calls. 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Live with Rank program. Appreciate that very, very much. If you would like to join us, please do. If you want to be part of the program today, it's pretty easy. 269 441 nine five nine five or you can email me at rank r e n k at townsquaremedia.com or at chat with us let's go back to the phone lines and kalamazoo walt thanks for holding on welcome oh now i now i can hear you too many buttons for me to push go ahead walt 
Yeah, buttons are everywhere in this world. Now, I was going to talk about the my thoughts on the school. I my uh, my youngest is graduating this year. We've had three of them, and uh, we've always had them in private school. And I know that's not an option for many people, but you know, I pay twice for school. I pay for the school, and then I pay my property taxes. Yeah, it's very. Everybody. My parents did the same thing. All four of us went to private. Uh, went to a Catholic high school. Uh, and yeah, for a few to. years, we went to Catholic grade school. So uh, and they didn't make a lot of money. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. But apparently my parents knew way back then that uh, knew something and sent us to these schools in which we uh, learned a lot and thrived. Well, well, one of the nice things about the private school is is I had some say-so of what she would, my daughter my youngest here is learning. Um, we could get specialized classes for her for interest, like she wanted to learn Korean for a while. Um, but they're, they're really the big thing is they focus on the fundamental things, the reading, the writing, the arithmetic, government, and, of course, religious studies. But that's the problem we have. We have these students that are they're getting one hour or 50 minutes of, of instruction on a topic, and they're expected to master that yet they can move on to the next grade with a, with a grade of a D, right. okay? A child should not move forward unless they have at least a B, a good proficiency on any given subject. And you know, we, and to, to your point, Walt, like I was saying, because it, it snowballs. It's like you're moving a kid from third grade to fourth grade who can't read, and you're doing it because they, you believe, and I truly believe some people think that. I, I, don't, I think they believe that, well, it's going to be more of a psychological harm for them to stay back and, and then instead of moving them forward. But if you can't read or can't read well, I don't know how you, how you could do well in other classes. Math, maybe. Uh, but no, not, definitely not math. You, you have to be proficient in mathematics. Um, if you, if you're well, marginal, I meant like, time, I meant, I meant like timetables and that at, at third grade to fourth grade or whatever they do. Well, no, I, I disagree with you. Cause let me, let me explain something. You, you need to know that the times tables, or as Jethro used to say, the gazintas, um, your mathematics, you have to have rote memory of that. You absolutely must know so that when you move up into higher math, you don't have to sit down and pull a calculator, to figure out what 10 times 10 is. You just know what it is. And your square roots, these are all fundamental. I'm an engineer. I understand. But if you're working, if you're moving up in mathematics, say they're, they're getting by with a C and they're moving into algebra, they're wasting a lot of time and a lot of struggle trying to do the fundamental things they must know so that they can marginally move on into algebra. You, you really do need to, to master it. So, you, you know, there's ways to educate children that, that doesn't cause social stigma. Um, when they put all the kids together that read at the given level in a class. You know, I, I've been talking about that, Walt, for a while, and, and I like that idea. So you're not, you're not putting kids by age and what class they should be in. You're looking at the proficiency they're in. So you could have a, uh, how old are you in third grade? Eight, eight? An eight, nine, yeah. nine-year-old? I with can't a, remember. That was a long ago. Yeah, me too. Nine-year-old with a 12-year-old. And it's because it's the proficiency of where they're at. And, and maybe that's a model that we should look at. You know, the uh, the thing here is 
is you talk about the social stigma. Well, how much social stigma do you have with a child that's struggling to read with his peer group? You know, they're they're all the same age, but they read at different levels, and they're right. embarrassed, or they, right. they can't remember this, or mathematics is poor, they get poor grades. I think that's a lot more social stigma. Um, and, and the child's self-worth is diminished greatly when they feel stupid. Well, they say no. their self-worth is diminished greatly if we don't advance them and their friends move up and they don't. I'm not saying I agree with that. That's what their argument is. Yeah, I, I understand the arguments. And, uh, I'll, never yeah, forget. We... I'll never forget this. Well, you were talking about math. I, I've told this story before. I went to, uh, uh, what do you call it over there? South Haven. And when I first moved here, I'm from Michigan, the east side of the state. But after college, I moved away. In 06, I moved back to this part of the state. And my wife and I took the kids to the beach in South Haven. We went to a ice cream place. I remember it was upstairs we had to go on top of the building. And we got a ice cream for everybody. And then, I don't know, let's say it was $8.24. The girl who was mining the register could not figure out the change from a $10 bill. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know that. I, I had that. to tell her what to give me back. And apparently they didn't have a machine back then that told them. So, you know, this is back in probably uh, 07, something like that. Uh, and I thought to myself, how did this kid and I felt bad for her. How did she move or graduate if, if she did? I, I, I don't know. It was just it was eye opening. It was eye-opening. So, all right. Well, I'm so old that uh, my, when I was a young man, or a young boy, we had uh, a gas station. And uh, I had to learn to make change the old-fashioned way, counting backwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know that trick or not. No. But my, my, I go back to when, when I was in college. I, I took calculus. I used a slide rule. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of tells you how and old you're, I am. And you're still alive? Yeah, amazingly. Wow, enough. wow. Modern medicine, huh? That's it. All right, Walt. Appreciate that you're still alive and listening to the Live with Rank Show. Yep, yeah, nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. Let me try to take one more call. He's been waiting for a while. Uh, George, go ahead. Yeah, that other gentleman you just talked to, uh, I got him beat. I used an abacus when I was in college. Uh, there you go. There you go. You know, that, well, I did pass the basic math class with it, so I must have some ability. Yes. Uh, I would like to dispute your defamation of pigs. Oh. You said oh. pigs. All right, so were- uh, let, me, let, me, let me explain what's going on. Uh, he's referring to a piece I put out there this morning on what's going on in the world. Detroit man pees on ba- uh, snack rack. So he was upset that he got his credit card denied and i don't know why he's upset at the store it's the bank that denied it and he started urinating uh all over the snack uh, uh, rack and and doing some other things and the point of the piece because i know there was a lot of people that wrote out there wrote about it i wrote about it because of where this world's going it's more of a is it just seems there's more of this out there. And I think I called the uh, person a a pig for doing it. Go ahead. Uh, That's why you want to defend pigs and say that they're clean? I'm a former pig producer raising hundreds over the years, and a pig will not defecate on its sleeping area. It will not defecate on its food supply or where it eats. It finds a separate area to do that. What is the worst 
and dirtiest farm animal out there. I think I know, and it surprised me. I learned uh, uh, after college when I went and stayed with someone who ran a farm. To you, well, what is this? Get the reputation because they waller in the mud to cool right. off. Right. But uh, that's not really dirty. That's like I know. So, what is the farm animal that you think is the dirtiest? I don't know the dirtiest farm animal. I've only had pigs and cows. And See, sheep. I think they're chickens. They're pretty dirty. Oh, chickens are. Yeah, they will dirty all over everything. Chickens are dirty, and they eat. The, it is. Uh, it is amazing. All right, George. I appreciate you calling in and defending the pig. Thank you. You have a great day. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. Up after this quick break is Nicholas. He wants to talk about the schools. Lines are open. Two six nine. I think I just gave you the number. I'll give it to you again. 269-441-9595. You listen to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank Show. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show, and I appreciate that very, very much. 269-441-9595. If you'd like to join us today, let's go to a first-time caller to the Live with Rank Show from Kalamazoo, Nicholas. Thanks a lot, Nicholas, for holding on. Welcome about this topic before and i always think of this uh, brief two-sentence quotation i don't know if you're old enough to remember the phrase the culture of narcissism um, it came from a surprise bestseller by the late historian christopher lash it was published in 1979 and he had a chapter called schooling and the new illiteracy schooling in the new illiteracy that's correct okay and the quotation is, I think it's its foundational insight. I'd like to get your reaction to it. He wrote, um, the whole problem of American education comes down to this. In American society, almost everyone identifies intellectual excellence with elitism. This attitude not only guarantees the monopolization of educational advantages to the few, it lowers the quality of elite education itself and threatens to bring about a reign of universal ignorance. What does he mean by um, the first sentence you stated? Schooling is, is elitism? Yeah. Um, intellectual excellence is equated with elitism. And what do you think he means by that? Well, I would translate it this way. Um, we have elitism, for instance, in high school. It's for certain people who can do certain things to get the most publicity is in sports. And not to knock them, I happen to be a fan of, of baseball. But when it comes to, say, getting a scholarship to Rutgers, um, we leave that for that kind of attention to South Korea, to France, to Germany, and so forth, we don't really talk about it. We don't uphold it as a great standard. We accept the idea of what you've been talking about, advancing people who can't read and write. That's what he's getting at. Well, I can tell you this. In a lot of the European countries, especially... Um, the former communist countries. One thing they were into is education. 
And I specifically know about the country of Romania. And in Romania, you would take a test. And if there's a thousand spots around the country for engineering, you would take a test coming out of high school and they would take the top thousand who graduated. They wouldn't take just anybody because they could afford it. Now, was the communist leaders kids been putting in because they they were as corrupt as any politician is today or even more so? Yes. But the general thought was if you weren't good enough, you weren't going to get into these places where where you have these uh, seats available. Thus, they were uh, trying to motivate and create the smartest and the brightest of students out there. Is that what you're getting at a little bit? Yeah. Um, if it, it, it just goes on all the time. I mean, you know, for instance... I can think of a public school example where, I think it was Rensselaer, there was an African-American student um, from Central. This is some years back. He had a full scholarship to Rensselaer. That, you think, would have been front-page news, educationally. I see. So your point being is that, you know, these kids who come out of high school and they're going to go to U of M or MSU or... You name the big schools out there to play football or to play basketball. That is that is adored and that is uh, uh, risen up to something great as opposed to kids who get scholarships to those school, same schools on academic uh, – for that's, academic that's, reasons as opposed to athletic. Yeah, in, in, in terms of popular culture, I can remember way back there used to be a show. Um, I think it was sponsored by GE. It was called the GE College Bowl. And um, they had four outstanding students from from major universities that squared off against each other. And the questions were math, science, history, um, yeah, all all those things. Yeah, and, and it, it was a contest. I believe it's on Sunday night. You're not going to find that anymore. I mean, and, I, I mean those 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 kinds of um, uh, um, standards of what we think is. That's really great. You know, there's smart kids out there. You know, I don't know why I thought of this, but I did. I, I guess I thought of it because a lot of these kids, I, I, I think what happens is, and what you're getting at, Nicholas, is that we put on a pedestal sports and not so much brains. Is would that is that fair yeah. to say? And, and if I may, and, and then what what is interesting is the people who are the uh, maybe the smartest ones or who you would have called a nerd in high school have now taken over this world with the technology companies. You know, Mark Zuckerberg uh, is one of them. He had to build Facebook to get a friend, right? So that being said, I was thinking of Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> the movie Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know if you remember that or saw that movie. And how the nerds use their smarts to outsmart the, uh, you know, a stereotypical co comedic uh, uh, movie, but use their smarts to outsmart the the jocks who were the big shots on campus, big men and women on campus. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I hear you. And that's what you think was coming from that quote from 79? Yeah, um, it, it's that's. 
that's pretty much the you know that's pretty much a good summation of it. Um, we we just don't uphold high degrees of um, literacy, uh, writing skills. It's just not. I see where you're coming from, Walt, and I I think it, we're getting better. I, I do think uh, that whole uh, jock thing, uh, and I'm a former jock, what is I think it's less and less, and I, I think we're moving in the right direction, not at the speed that we should be. But going back to what you said, bringing up those European countries, they do value education uh, quite a bit. Uh, in those European countries, I think, more than we do here. Here, it, the value in education is just trying to get everybody to get higher education so p- colleges can make more money. And professors uh, who who really, the professors there aren't there to teach your kids. They're there to be published. And uh, that's why, you know, uh, they're not always running their own classes. Uh, but I definitely agree with that, Walt. I mean, Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. Just one more quick example. Actually, two brief ones. One, one to, to yeah, dovetail with what you just said. Um, th- there was a test put out about ten, twelve years ago um, for for college um, seniors about you know American history, and it was very basic questions. For instance, what side was Russia on World War II? Those kinds of things, and uh, most flunked it completely. Yeah, it's sad. Well, colleges do say they're getting junk out of high schools. I mean, they, I, I'm being, Absolutely. I'm using harsh words, but yes, colleges do say a lot of kids that are coming out of these high schools uh, are not, uh, are not prepared uh, for college. And that's got to tell you something. You know, I, you got all these kids that are get, graduating from college these days or high school 4.0. You know, there's 40 of them in a graduating class with more than 4.0. And the person who's the valedictorian was a 4.678, whatever. Yet, they go into these colleges, I know from experience and knowing kids uh, that they struggle in college because they're not taught how to learn, how to teach themselves. The homework is is what we're told, as well as the uh, they're just not prepared for college level material. So that's educational neglect itself. All right, Nicholas, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate that. 269-441-9595. You'd like to add to the uh, the conversation? Love to hear from you. Uh, Congressman Peter Meyer has a challenger. I'm going to tell you about him coming up right after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. Thank you very much. Yes. Congressman Peter Meyer has a legitimate person that's challenging him in the the Republican primary. His name is John Gibbs. And he will be holding a fundraiser today, I think, at President Donald Trump's club in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. That's why the Detroit News is is bringing this up, I think, because it's in this Detroit News article, they have Trump's name everywhere. Almost in every paragraph. Gibbs grew up in Lansing. He's a former housing and urban development official in the Trump administration. Is running against Peter Meyer. It's going to be difficult because it's always difficult to run against an incumbent. And an incumbent that has a lot of money. 
According to fundraising numbers, he ended last year, he being Congressman Meyer, with $1.2 million in cash reserves. His Republican challenger, John Gibbs, about $83,000. And it takes money to win. So in the next one, two, three, three, four out of five paragraphs, they use the word Trump in it every time. But I wanted to make you aware of this because, quite honestly, I don't remember this name. This is the first time I see this name. Uh, and it sounds like he could give Meyer a run from his, for his money. So keep that in mind. I asked you earlier, and part of the reason I wrote that piece about the world becoming even more bonk, bonkers with this guy who was angry that his credit card was rejected at a gas station in Detroit. So he urinated on uh, some snacks and mooned the guy and just just craziness uh, that happened there. All on film. He knew he was being filmed too. It didn't bother him. And, And mixed in with as many of you know, my concern about this nominee for the Supreme Court, Judge Brown, is Brown or Jackson? Judge Jackson, I think, Brown Jackson. And her, what appears to be a soft spot for the people who consume child pornography. Now, I'm not saying a soft spot for pornographers, those pe- the people who actually uh, film the act, and coerce or whatever. But she definitely has a soft spot in her heart for people who consume it. And she said, well, it's because it's easy to get today, technology-wise. So that's why she consistently, by great percentages, huge percentages, gives these people or had given them uh, sentences for being... uh, as I call consumers of child pornography. So just viewers. You've heard the argument, many of you, the worst one being three months for having thousands of images of child pornography, three months. I saw Manchin, by the way, Manchin's going to vote for her. Someone had asked me that the other day. You know, I heard someone told me this morning right before the show and I forgot to look it up that there's a Republican that may be voting for this woman. And I, I, A, she doesn't know what the definition of a woman is. Is that someone you want on your Supreme Court who can't define the word woman for whatever reason? She actually doesn't know what it is or it's political. And B, even more so, someone who has a soft spot in their heart for child uh, consumers of pornography. And I'm bringing this up again. A, to let you know, because I remember people ask me, do I know where Manchin is on this? Yeah, I do. He's going to vote for her. In fact, he's upset that uh, they brought up that she has a soft spot in her heart uh, for consumers of child pornography, which is, I, I don't get it. Now, it's he's not being asked that in that manner. Of course, they wouldn't put it in that context. They don't have any hard questions for people who think like they do. And I'm talking about the media. Then I read this this morning. Warren Dad, 
who repeatedly sold a homeless girl for sex gets minimum sentence. So what is going on in our legal system? The father of two sold a homeless teenage girl for sex even when she begged him to stop the sex dates because it was so painful due to an infection. In fact, he told her she had a urinary tract infection. He told her, well, there's two other ways that you're going to to do it. I won't mention it. Just think of the other two ways. And he he texted her, you don't have a choice, quote unquote. Her response was, ugh, okay, end quote. And I'm thinking, this guy is a wretch to society. He shouldn't see another free day in his life. He wound up in jail on sex trafficking charges only because they were stopped for some reason by the cops. The cops thought something was going on. Answers weren't uh, matching up, whatever. And they investigated a little more. Thank God for that cop. You know, the cops that the Democrats seem to hate or want to defund. And he was claiming that please give me less time in jail because I have uh, I'm fearful of COVID-19 and I have asthma. The prosecutors wrote in a court filing, quote, it is ironic that the defendant Marvin Booker comes to this court looking for mercy when he showed no mercy to the minor victim he exploited and trafficked. So he found this homeless girl, wooed her for some months to get her to believe he loved her, then start selling her. And when she couldn't have, um, let's say, normal sex, he said, you don't have any choice. You can do it the other two ways. Ugh, okay, was her response. This is the guy who's asking for mercy. Now, he was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for coercion and enticement of a minor. But it was recommended this guy get 12 years. Now, first of all, 12 years? You do that to a child in 12 years? Not the rest of your life you should be in jail? What if we did this to your daughters or your kids? How would you like that? This is sick. What is wrong with our system that this guy gets, he was supposed to, or the minimum was 12 years. Or no, the recommended was 12 years and this judge gives him 10. Now, I I would be sickened by just giving him 12. But to give him two, two less than the federal guidelines In a situation I just told you guys about, this world is going bonkers. It's going soft on crime, even crimes against children. It's sad. It's sad. 269-441-9595. Or you can email me at rank re as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. We'll be right back after this top of the hour break. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. 
It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.